0: It's your Locked on Flyers podcast for Friday, July 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is here with everything about Cutter Gautier and everything that happened on day one of the NHL draft.
1: It was a busy day.
0: Absolutely. Let's get it going. Your locked
1: on Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at R. I'm here with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. Today, we're going to talk all about day one of the NHL draft with our Reaction to the Flyers choosing Cutter Gaultier. We're going to talk about the other picks that night. And, of course, we'll wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, uh, Russ, before we get to your reaction, just quick note. We have two other videos and our feed over on YouTube. One was our more in-depth reaction to the Cutter Gautier pick, which we recorded, as well as a quick video that I did for the Locked On Network. So you can head over there and watch those as well for more information. But on the scene in Montreal, Russ Cohen how was your take on how the Flyers pick went?
1: Yeah, my take was I wasn't shocked because we knew that there was a good chance it could be that. I mean, uh,
0: I predicted it. I'm just gonna throw that up.
1: <laughs> and so I, I wasn't surprised. And and obviously Goche wasn't surprised. And so there wasn't much shock in, in that regard. I I think that um he was super nervous. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever see him nervous like that, because I've interviewed him a few times. So, but that's okay. I mean, it's his big day in his life. I think the, um, you know, the crowd, the media crowd, they you know, liked him. We were getting some fun stuff from him. Uh, the, the, you know, the Chuck Fletcher connection in him was deep. I think <laughs> that had actually something to do with the selection. Whether it should or not, that's another discussion for another day. But, but but Cutter is a really, you know, a quality kid. And, you know, he'll be a really good player for them.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And um, I think I agree with you about his nervousness. I think, oh, you yeah. know, if you look at all the clips, he was talking super fast. Yes. And repeated some phrases over and over again. And his hands Just, were
1: going under the couch. Mm, like, I could see it. I was uh, right in front of him. Uh, I saw the nervousness.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think, did. like. You know, again, as we said, I think maybe we would have gone in a different direction, but this is mm-hmm. a, a good solid pick. There were several guys in that range that were going to be solid picks no matter what. He is absolutely one of them. And I think that all of the nervousness and his reaction already has me endeared to him. I think he's going to be. A real good addition to the Flyers prospect pool, and I think people are going to like him a lot.
1: Oh, so you didn't even <clears throat> you didn't even have to hear that his grandmother was from Philly. You were you were hooked. Uh, well, that's that? part of it. That's oh, all okay. of it. That's oh, okay. part
0: of all of it. With all the things we heard afterwards about his Philadelphia area connection, and you know stories about his name from Sweden, and you know the hugs with the family. All of it together, I think uh, it was a really good night for Cutter.
1: Yeah. He, you know, the the one thing I love about the draft is, you know, there's nothing really pure in this world anymore. No offense, world. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. But these draft prospects are as close to that as you could get.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Um, I did, you know, I did appreciate the fit. I thought he looked really good. Yeah, uh, Pretty, pretty styling out there. Although and- I didn't like
1: those hats. I don't like the hats. They remind oh, like me like the, the draft hats? Yeah, the draft hats. I, I didn't like them. That's not no, his I fault.
0: I thought they're okay. Yeah, it's kind of just a thing that's there, and I never really pay much attention to <laughs> well, it's right. hats.
1: Here it look. is. I'm staring right at them. They're right in my face, right? So that's I guess that's why I did.
0: So other than uh, Cutter Gaultier, uh, from your vantage point, how is the event itself in terms of how the Habs and the NHL ran it?
1: Oh, the Habs ran it great. It it was first class. The video, the people they had there, Marty Saint Louis was like the most popular guy there. Uh you could just see how popular hockey is in Montreal. Like it's just crazy. And that's no slight to Flyers fans. It's just it's number one here, like compared to anything maybe even compared to people's everyday lives. Like that's just, they just eat. They just, you know, they just love it. So there was a big buzz, it was sold out. And it's very rare when a draft is sold out. So that's that's something where you say, okay, that's that's pretty impressive. I thought they did a nice job with, um, with the relatives of Guy LaFleur, that was great. Mike Bossy, I grew up with Mike Bossy. Even though I was a Ranger fan and Mike Bossy killed the Rangers, I still <laughs> watched enough of him and respected him. And and Guy LaFleur, same thing. Uh, just a legend. So that was that was really well done. Uh, they did a nice job. Uh a lot of the teams, but especially the Sharks, memorializing uh Brian Marchment.
0: Yeah, I There's thought that was like, a real good part of the yeah, program.
1: N- nothing like that's ever happened before a draft. Like that's new territory and so and and I know some people in the sharks management and they were crushed. So that's that's something to uh, to consider but and then you know as far as the draft went, I knew it would be an exciting draft, but it was crazy town.
0: It was and That's the best
1: way. That's the best way I could explain it. It people were scrambling and by people I mean media, so the media was scrambling running back and forth for about, I want to say a good five minutes. And it was crazy. Like, it's rarely ever been that active for everything, you know, for trades, for announcements, for all kinds of stuff. You know, I felt like, I almost felt like we were in the movie Airplane. Uh, <laughs> it just, it was just so bizarre. Like, they were, you know, like I'm running with like 10 media people because, like, you know, Gary Bettman's like, well, we got trades. Okay. And then you got to go back and try and interview prospects. It's, it was a lot.
0: I think, uh, of course, we will absolutely get to all of that madness uh, in the next segment. But I I do want to talk about sort of the rest of the draft picks in terms of reactions and stuff. Obviously, I think the winner of the night was Isaac Howard with the turtleneck and white suit and basically just saying, yes, I'm the best looking guy here. So I had to wear the best looking outfit um, I think he absolutely won the night on that front. But w- what was your take on the draft pick reactions?
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you about Howard. He's like just that he's just a, a funny kid. He's a fired up guy uh, at the combine. For some reason, he had already showered and everything. So he was in like salmon shorts. Like he's just a free spirit. But he also had an American flag belt. So when he oh, walked by Oh, yeah, the me,
0: belt buckle.
1: Right, the buckle. And I went by him and I said, hey, great belt buckle. And he goes, thanks. know he was all excited like um but yeah he as far as the others i think too much is being made about shane wright and and the habs like the habs did never did indicate to him he was going to be the number one pick i really don't think shane wright harbors big resentment all players if you pass them over are always going to have that i'm going to show you attitude that's sports that's like always in sports but Shane Wright's not going to think about it for much until he actually is in the NHL and plays them and tries to score five points a game against them.
0: Exactly. Well, that is a perfect place to tease the next segment, which is the very first thing we're going to talk about is that Shane Wright dropping to fourth overall. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at BetOnline.
1: BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. And sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, and all the info leading into next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your check in on all your favorite sports and events including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts.
0: All right. So like we were just talking about, uh, Shane Wright dropped to fourth overall picked by Seattle and the Habs pick Yuroslav And, I think the fans were certainly surprised mm-hmm. by the pick that were in the building, but you were there. Uh, how was it really in terms of the media reaction, the fan reaction?
1: Well, the media reaction wasn't totally shocked only because we had heard the rumors of it, but people like me and others were like, mm, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, we thought maybe they were just playing possum and and playing it up to the very end, but they weren't. So they went and selected him. So I wasn't completely shocked. Uh, I think, like you said, the fans, uh, it was sort of like a mixed reaction at the beginning because there was some shock. Uh, But look, he's a a kid with a lot of personality, so he'll win them over in interviews. He is a, a kid that, you know, plays the game at a high level. Whether they put him in the NHL or the AHL this year, we'll see. They could if they want to. They probably will. Uh, all those things. That's fine. Um, so, as far as you know, that pick went. Eh, it wasn't. It wasn't a big deal for me. I would say, um, you know, Brand Lambert. I felt a little bad about. Uh, I think he's well, got. More... Going
0: back to Shane Wright, though, do oh, you yeah, think it was su- surprising that either uh, Arizona or the Devils didn't take him after he wasn't selected by Montreal?
1: the The argument the devils are gonna give you is well, we have too many centermen that are aren't at six foot or more like this has become a big thing now again, and they obviously believe that Simone Nemich will be a number one defenseman, so if he is okay, so then you got that um Arizona can't give you an answer. I don't know why, but they didn't and seattle was thrilled obviously oh yeah <laughs> like that they was were clear. just it, it was just like they won the lottery cuz the seattle table yeah. where i was where i was doing radio and and was on the floor i was right there being able to kind of like see them and they were thrilled like you know the whole thing the way it unfolded crazy
0: absolutely yeah i think the Yosts just from everything that I'd observed prior and read about, they just were dialed in on Logan Cooley. And I think like once they got to them, they were just like, well, this is what we were going to do. And we're just going to do it in a lot of ways. And Arizona, like, I think their pick later was a little odd. So uh, I-, I think that, you know, there's always a question mark with what they're doing sometimes. But Yeah.
1: You, th- you know, what's interesting about that? Oh, I would say four months ago, there was some talk, hey, maybe Logan Cooley, you know, goes number one. And and so, like, he didn't go number one, but he still went ahead Shane Wright. So, like, you know, that was something that was talked about, but it was mm-hmm. a few months ago. And so that it gets buried because it's like, you, you, you know, you start going with, okay, it's going to be, you know, some of these other guys and you forget. But, yeah, Cooley's a hell of a player.
0: Uh, you were mentioning Brad Lambert. I thought there were yeah. several guys that dropped a little low. Uh, relative to expectations in the draft. He is absolutely, I think, the biggest drop. Uh, he went 30th overall to Winnipeg. And um, I think in some ways they got a steal, but like we've been talking about, uh, it was a bit of a risk as well.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, you know, that that's what other teams were thinking. There's definitely some risk involved, but I think uh, that's a good organization. And I think uh, if he goes to Seattle and plays in Seattle this year, That would be the best thing for him. Uh, You know, he does well against his own age group. Let him go back with his, you know, with that. And and let's see if he can dominate there. If he can, that could really get him back on track because he didn't really put up any points this year. So that hurt him. Like, and, 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 you know, and he needs a little maturing, too. And, you know, sometimes young guys need that.
0: Yeah, I think the other big surprise for me was Joachim Kemmel going at 17 to Nashville. Uh, you know, a lot of people had him kind of in the 7 to 12-ish range. Yeah. So the fact that Nashville was able to pick him up at 17 I think was huge for them.
1: It was. It was a great value for them. I applaud them because there were some teams that were staying away from smaller players. I never really, when he's playing, never really look at him as a smaller player on the ice because he seems to find the open ice and he's got an amazing shot and he's already pretty good two-way. So, yeah, Nashville, it's funny. Nashville does better when they get their homegrown guys to try Mm -hmm. and be scorers because if you noticed, with the exception of Philip Forsberg, most guys that they trade for never seem to score the same way that they did in other places. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, they are a great development team. They are. So I think it's an excellent spot for him. Yes. Uh, Lekaramaki was picked at 15, which was, I don't think, a huge drop, but enough that it was noticeable to me.
1: Yeah, it was noticeable. But, you know, again, uh, not the biggest guy. I I thought that was great value. Again, uh, has a very high ceiling for goal scoring. And Mm -hmm. that he may have been the happiest of anybody, though, because, like, his English isn't great. But mm-hmm. between the way he was smiling, like he just couldn't keep the smile off his face. He also was having trouble of things to say too. Like he just, sometimes guys when they get drafted are sort of like speechless. I know it's like, you know, an antiquated thing or you just, you know, it sounds cliche, but he really was. He was one of those guys that was a little speechless.
0: I, I think he'll be really happy in Vancouver. I think oh, it's yeah. a good spot for him. Um, in terms of their system and where he'll fit into the depth chart. I think he'll have real good opportunities there. Um, another question mark for me, and I apologize, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Ivan Mirosh Oh, that's going,
1: good. You did good. Going,
0: <laughs> going to the caps at 20. Um, I thought maybe he would be in the 15-ish range.
1: Yeah, he might have been before everything that's you know transpired, but um, Fair enough. He, is, he is very toolsy. He's got... He's got great skill. Uh, I think he still needs, to, there's still things he needs to work on. Uh, You know, the big question is for, for him and you off and guys like that, are they just going to stay here now because they're here? Uh Maybe they will. Maybe they'll just get their things forwarded, you know, like, so that's, that's the, you know, the bigger question is what happens next? Where, where do they go next?
0: Were there any guys that you thought were picked way too high that were a bit of a reach?
1: Uh, I think, a, a, you know, Lamoureux, I think was a bit in that category. Maverick Uh, Lamoureux who went to the
0: Yotes at uh, 29. That was the other questionable pick I thought that Arizona had,
1: but you know, I, I, again, when you have multiples, there is a tendency to kind of take that home run swing and, and see what you can get from that. And so I think, I think they were trying to do that, uh, now, you noticed, I'm sure, the uh, the suits they were wearing, they were all wearing those matching, you know, yes. 21st century blue. I don't know what color blue that is. Uh, it was pretty funny, though, because I said on air that they obviously shopped. Because I, I didn't see everybody at the beginning. And I said, it seems like everybody shopped at the same store that day. And they really <laughs> did.
0: They really did. And they had a really cool lining with the Kachina
1: oh, I didn't see the lining on the okay. inside
0: of the suit. Yeah. It was actually pretty cool. I enjoyed the Arizona attire that they put together. Um, And then I I think for me, obviously we're going to talk about the Chicago trades momentarily, but uh, they used their seventh overall that they got from Ottawa to pick Kevin Korczynski, which I thought was a little high.
1: Yeah, I think so too, but he's a tremendous offensive talent and, and he just is a tireless worker. He's like the last guy off the ice. He's the guy, you know, all of his teammates glow about him. So I think we'll find over time that's not going to be that big of a deal.
0: All right. So, speaking of those trades, uh, I think a big question a lot of people were asking what exactly is Chicago doing here? Uh, they <laughs> traded Debrinket to Ottawa for a first, a second, and next year's third. Uh, they took. Peter Morozik for the from the Leafs uh, and traded Kirby doc to Montreal.
1: Well, the, the, the Kirby doc one, uh, they got good value for that. And I felt, I feel like they, you know, I don't know if they're going to be so self-aware that they realize, Hey, we rushed this kid and maybe the best thing we can do is put him on, you know, give him another fresh start somewhere because he, he shouldn't have been playing in the NHL at the time they had him playing there. So so there's that. Um, they did kind of go, you know, scorched earth a little bit. Uh, but the one thing they did do right was when they got Frank the Czar, because that was sort of what they mm-hmm. were looking for in the draft. So Chicago is weird. They were all over the place. But, you know, the tell is when you get Peter Morazic to be your goalie, you know you're not going to be a successful team, and they know that. So that's, you know, that's pretty much where you're at with that.
0: I think that, you know, they certainly turned a lot of heads with those deals to get into the first round. Um, and then, of course, Montreal making that splash as well. Yes. Uh, but but I addition- talked about that.
1: I told you Montreal was going to do other things yes. to to make a splash because there was no way you were going to make 14 picks.
0: Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. <laughs> All right, I think, you know, aside from that, uh you know, there were some cap dump moves. Uh, Cassian mm-hmm. to Arizona. Um assassination
1: that, was very sad.
0: Yes. It's all, it's
1: over. <laughs> it's over.
0: Um I think, you know, the other two maybe three big pieces of news around the draft. Uh Georgiev is now with the Avalanche. Uh, yeah, they did a, a great in that trade. That was a good it, deal.
1: That's a great deal for them. I mean, I know the Rangers got this basket of picks, and on the surface it seems good. They probably should have just gotten one second-round pick and not all these other picks that may never turn out because Georgiev is a heck of a goalie, and Sakik made a point of saying he's our number one. Like, this is why we did right. this, and I don't blame yeah. him. I mean, I've seen enough yeah. of Georgiev where I know he has that ability. So he actually – he may have gotten a more stable goalie than Darcy Kemper, and he saved money on the cap.
0: Uh, speaking of Cap, uh, Latang resigns in Pittsburgh. Six years, six point one million on, and that.
1: he announced a pick right, like that. The fix was and, in, right? On that. Exactly. Because totally. Hextall well, was telling Hextol us, Hextall
0: said that.
1: Yeah, Hextall was telling us the day before. I feel really good about this. I'm pretty sure he's going to get locked up. So he knew Latang was there already. This is typical Ron Hextall, like you know, playing yeah, sleight right. of hand. He he just does it all the time.
0: Yeah, and then marc Andre Fleury uh, signed a one-year deal with the Wild, so he'll be back in Minnesota.
1: I thought it was two. I thought that it ended up being a two, two-year no, deal.
0: Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it
1: was. It was initially supposed to be one, and and it turned into two. I I think that's a good deal. I don't know if Cam Talbot thinks it's a good deal, but we'll find out.
0: Yeah, we will. <laughs> All right, we are going to preview today, day two of the draft, and uh, just talk about a couple other little things before we wrap up the week coming up next. All right, Russ, it's day two of the draft. Uh, Flyers did not make any moves on day one to get into the second round as of Friday morning. Uh, So we have one pick in each of the other remaining rounds and Chuck Fletcher. uh, I I don't know if anything will happen, but it seems like he wants to try and make something happen. And there may be some exchanges of picks.
1: There's definitely going to be some exchanges of picks. I mean, when I was talking to him, he, he, he made a pretty strong play for that. So I think at some point, Maybe they package up their sixth and seventh. They get more 2020, 2023 picks because that's where their heads at. Fine, whatever. Um, but I think something like that's going to go on now. If there's a player they want, and you know they're in the fifth round, they might fool around with that too uh, to get a player they want. Uh, with that next pick of theirs, though, uh, Rieger Lorenz, who I spoke to at the combine, had a great interview uh, with the Flyers, and so that's a guy fans out there could look for and see he could be one of the targets for them. So um, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm very curious to see how today goes. Uh, Of course, we'll be talking all about it on Monday's show when we wrap up the draft in its entirety. Uh, But for now, as of now, the next pick that the Flyers have is the third round pick, the 69th overall, which is nice.
1: And they're expected to keep that. We don't think anything's happening with that.
0: Yeah, I would expect that as well. And uh, aside from that, we also got the NHL schedule released amongst everything. You know, I had no idea at.
1: the schedule was released. I haven't looked at the schedule. Like, <laughs> just, well, you know what? Wake, just wake me up and tell me when there's games and I'll go to the rink. Like, that's it. You know, it's summertime. Like, I'm not even thinking about it.
0: Well, the Flyers open up October thirteenth at home against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I counted we've got twelve back-to-backs over the season, uh, which isn't too bad.
1: Yeah, people were people were whining about that though. But here's that the funny seems thing: pretty normal. I know you should never whine. Flyers fans and and media should never whine about the back-to-backs that they have because they have one of the easiest travel schedules of any team in the league based on where they're located. They're, you know, Dallas Stars have one of the worst every year based on the time zones and everything else. So, you know, don't worry about it.
0: I, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, of course, there's a usual road trip out west around New Year's. Um, there's the all star break at the end of February. There's always the dreaded
1: has- uh, Western Canadian trip. That's always mm-hmm. a dreaded one.
0: There is, although I think I might luck out, and I currently have plans to be on the West Coast during that trip, so I will have actually normal times to watch that game, (laughs) so so, um, that turned out pretty well for me, I think, but uh, we're just going to wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. There's a couple of them. And I think that your notion of it being summer and not wanting to think about next fall's games, Gritty is in the same mentality, posting <laughs> an out of office note uh, floating in the pool, which sounds delightful. I think Gritty has the right idea.
1: Yeah, except if Gritty goes in the pool, it's going to take Gritty like five hours to dry. But you know. Yes. So well, I don't
0: trust me. Those those things could use washings. So I think it's a good thing. Oh, wait. You're so, oh out.
1: wow. I I'm, I'm pretty sure they
0: I have managed professional sports team mascots before and been responsible for cleaning those costumes. And they're let pretty me stinky. You, yeah. Pretty pretty stinky.
1: Although I've so... heard that the Gritty one has sort of like circulating air in it and stuff.
0: Well, I hope so for everybody's sake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more thing. Uh, There was an artist who posted a kachinification of all of the different teams mascots. And the Flyers one is actually pretty freaking cool. So uh, you should check that out. You should check all of them out. But I think that turning all of the mascots into a Kachina style drawing was a very clever idea.
1: Is Yubi, so. is Yuppie in there?
0: Uh, I believe so.
1: Yeah. Yes. Cause Yuppie was at the rink yesterday. I still like Yuppie because Yuppie is like the only mascot that after his baseball team basically yes. dissolves, he still got another job. Like most mascots, that's it. They usually hang it up.
0: Exactly. That was such a cool thing that the Habs did actually. I really like yep. that. All right, that will do it for today's show. Uh, like I said, we'll be back Monday with a full draft recap with day two notes. We'll have your latest Flyers news and our nemesis of the week. Let us know what you think about the Flyers draft this year. Send in your comments and your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at or drop a comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone.